This is Pause for Thought, a podcast brought to you by Animal Therapies Limited. Leslie Porter was orphaned at the age of five when she lost her entire family in a car accident on Easter Friday, driving to the fish and chip shop in England. She was the only survivor. She was raised by her paternal grandmother, grudgingly, who brought her to Australia and shunted her between relatives and friends for the next six years. Between them, they abused her sexually, physically and emotionally. At 11 years of age, however, horses saved her. A chance meeting with the owner of a riding school in Hillsville, Victoria, proved the turning point in her life. She found love, acceptance, happiness and finally, in her mid-40s, her life's purpose. Establishing the Good Life Farm for Youth with Special Needs. The farm provides animal-assisted learning for young people aged 7 to 18 years with complex social and emotional challenges. Fifteen years on, the farm is thriving, with plans to expand the concept to other regions in Australia. This is Leslie's story. Leslie, welcome to Pause for Thought, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Now, you run programs for for vulnerable youth with special needs at your Good Life Farm in Victoria's beautiful Yarra Valley. Who do you help and how do you help them? So basically uh, the young people are aged from 7 to 17. And when you say who, uh, there is no real criteria. They might be homeschooled, they might be kids in resi care, they might be young people on the spectrum. It might be anxiety, an array of issues, and really anyone's welcome because some kids just might live in the city and want an experience on a farm. You offer a a structured 10-week program um, which incorporates animals and farming skills in a natural setting. What is it about the mix of all three that works? So young people like to have a reason what's happening. And so the mix really is is giving them the responsibility of looking after the animals. And then within that, there's lots and lots of different things they can do. So there's building construction, there's animal husbandry. There's a lot of routine in that. Um, There's a lot of ownership for them, like they've fed their animal. We then do um, a check-in where they make sure they've got the seven things everything needs. It allows us to do some environmental conversations. So, you know, people have all so many different interests and we're actually throwing a lot of interest at them that they could pursue if they wanted to. There's a real sense of if the young people come to the farm, kids really look at what's going on and how you behave with those animals, how your property looks. It is my own home, so there's an extreme amount of trust in all that sort of stuff, has a home feeling. It is a working farm, so we have a lot of things that die and born. How do we do that, work with um, things being born, born, work with things dying? A lot of things you can touch on. How do you measure success with these children and teenagers that come to you? So in the morning um, we do a highs and low life and some young people, um, we ask them, how they've been in the week, if they've got a highlight or a low light, they might first come and they won't engage in that conversation. It might simply be that by the end of the term they're looking at us and they're giving us a high and low light. It might be that they return to school. It might be that they start having friends. And then you can get the parents on a little bit more as well. So it might be that we see less meltdowns at home. It might simply be 
that they come to this program for 10 weeks and they're not doing anything else. With some of these really at-risk young people, we don't want to have those expectations too high and we don't want to set them up for failure. It might simply be that the young person doesn't come in with their hoodie over the head shut down in the morning, but they start coming, they take the hoodie off and they say, G'day, how are you? And they've got a smile on their face. To me, that's a success. That's a step in the right in the right direction. Okay. Like many people, your journey into animal-assisted therapy has been influenced by personal circumstances. For the benefit of our listeners, can you explain what happened to you as a child? Mm, um, I can. I'll try. I'm a bit of a teary person. I, okay, we, I was born in Saudi Arabia. Um, mum and dad. Mum and dad divorced when I was about three and my father um, got custody. He remarried uh, to a lady that had three of her own children. I also had a brother. Um, uh, when I was five years old, we were all in a major car accident. My father, my brother, myself, two stepsisters and one stepbrother, and, and I was the only survivor. Um, I was then, um, my grandmother got guardianship of me because my mother had some mental health issues. We came to Australia when I was five for two years, um, went back to England for another two years until I was um, nine. When we came back to Australia, I lived with an auntie. So we moved around a lot. Um, I lived with an auntie and there I wasn't allowed inside. So we're talking this early 70s or late 60s, early 70s. And so everyone lived inside and I, um, I was allowed in a shed out the back. I was to sleep inside at night, but the rest of the time I wasn't allowed inside. We left there only for a couple of months and then my grandmother, this is the start of the story with animals, my grandmother promised me a pony if we would move back to this particular house and a caravan because I think she realised that that was, you know, child abuse. So everyone lived in the house and I lived in the caravan. I was given a pony and he lived on a chain and a little rabbit that this man who lived in the house had found. And then for two years I was sexually abused by that man in the caravan. Um, and that was when my love for animals, so the, the abuse there was so bad. I would get on my pony, I had a dog, and I would just nick off. And in those days you could. You know, you'd leave first thing in the morning, you'd come last thing at night. No one really cared what I was doing anyway. And so I just lived with these animals and did whatever I wanted, went to school. We left there when I was 11 and moved to Hillsville. It was the first time that we ever lived not with somebody else and not with another relative. And um, I'd had to have my pony put down and um, my grandmother found a ride from a holiday farm in Hillsville, hopped on my bike, rode I don't know how many miles, found these big stairs, got up the stairs, knocked on the door and the lady said, I asked if I could, um, any jobs? And she said, if I picked up horse poo all day, I could have a free ride. And I was very shy, so I used to sit outside and it was a ride from a holiday farm for kids and there were, I think, 30-odd kids there but I wouldn't join in. I'd just sit by myself, did, picking up the poo. And then the woman said to me, no, nah, come in, enough of this nonsense, wash your hands, join in with the other kids. And that was the start of my life. Up until then, you didn't have any friends? I had friends in Tacoma where the sexual abuse was occurring. Looking back, when I, now I know I was so over-sexualised, all the parents wouldn't let the kids play with me. And so I ended up being really isolated there as well. And I remember years looking back and going, 
what happened there? And luckily we moved to Hillsville. So, but, and then I learned my lesson very quickly. I learned very quickly as a kid the things you do do and the things you don't do. So animals ended up your salvation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That riding school was just a place of such freedom and joy. I was accepted. I, I ended up being a leader there. I ended up taking all the rides out and running programs with all these other kids. I was a kid myself, um, but extremely independent because I'd lived alone for so long um, and a bit above my years as far as um, what I was doing and my experiences. But that changed my life. And that that experience then form the foundation for what you're doing today absolutely this whole farm is based on my experience at the writing school and holiday farm when I was 11 years old I met my husband there I met my sister there I had a family the people that owned them I was very close to and then they sold and moved away and the new people that came I became very close to them as well they were sort of like foster parents in a way and uh, yes absolutely and I guess given your own journey and experience, you can more easily relate to the children you help today. You could recognise yourself in them or Absolutely. elements of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. When their behaviour is outrageous, I get it. I so It doesn't offend me. It, I can see a lot deeper than that. I can see the, the, probably the person in there rather than the behaviour that, that they're throwing out. What do you hope these children will learn from their experience at the Good Life Farm that's going to put them on a path to a more positive life? Mm, kindness you know that underlying that we all seek is is acceptance which I got at the riding school so we get a lot of kids that don't fit in we get a lot of oddball kids that don't fit in anywhere um and so it's acceptance and that that to accept ourselves we must accept everybody else and to be kind to be kind to animals to be kind to other human beings it will come back to you tenfold and to the environment you know the kids aren't allowed to rip the leaves off here and they're not allowed to we have a zero kill policy. They're not allowed to kill anything on the farm. We have a spider, snake, nothing gets killed. But we all belong. We play games where every where we show everything's interconnected. And I hope that goes with them. That you know, if you hurt something, there's a reaction to that. It's it's like we we throw a pebble in the pond, and we watch the waves go out. That's a lovely philosophy. Do you keep in touch with these children after they leave? Some yes. Um, it's funny, I sometimes um, think about a certain kid and wonder how they're going. And um, some get back in touch, not a lot do, to be honest. I think it's a, I think it's an experience they have and they go on with their lives. Um, some I still do keep in touch with that I'm good friends with, um, but not a lot. And what about, what do you get out of this, Leslie? Oh, life with a purpose. For a long time, I my grandmother was an atheist, but for a long time I felt like the car accident was a bad thing and my life experiences were a bad thing. And then once I had the dream to start the Good Life Farm, once I had a life with a purpose, I realised a lot of those things that happened to me for a reason and I'm living the reason now. It's an amazing legacy that you're creating. If people want to get in touch with or learn more about the Good Life Farm or want to get in touch with you to perhaps explore some of the programs for um, somebody they know could be vulnerable, where can can they find you? Um, They can do uh, just Google goodlifefarm.org. And what's your long-term vision for the farm? It's I'm starting to back, get back back now and not be on the floor so much. And we've got um, social workers, we've got a psych nurse, we've got counsellors, 
And so it's really that the farm keeps progressing and that there are other farms around Australia and this program is imitated around Australia because it's unbelievable how it works. You know, if we can see good life farms up in Alice Springs, we can we can change it around for Indigenous people. We could do good life farms all over the place and change it differently to the area and the culture that's there because it's just the simpleness of it. Everyone knows what it's like to walk in the bush or pet a dog or or give someone a smile. Those things just, they work. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. But I really would like to see the program, that's why we're getting evaluated, is so it becomes a model, a standalone model, and that it can be replicated around Australia. Oh, Leslie, that's wonderful news. So thanks so much for your time today and for sharing your story. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me. Thank you.